Oh, man, I'm so excited I get to have this conversation. I'm talking with Jerry Kearney and live at Pippin's Tavern in Chicago. Jerry, you've played Sir Toby how many times? Twice now. Twice. Yeah. What do I need to know about, about the character of Sir Toby? Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you've read the play yet, but he's drunk. Wait, let's go back. You, I should read the play? You should read the play first. Okay. Good. And good. Then, These are great notes. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's a good start. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 618, directing Twelfth Night. This week, I begin rehearsals for William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, which I'm directing at Cincinnati Shakespeare Company for the next four weeks. As far as I know, I'm the only person involved in the Cincy Shakespeare production who I think has never even worked on a production of Twelfth Night. And as it turns out, I'm almost the only one in the Reduced Shakespeare Company who's never worked on Twelfth Night. So this week, I share with you some of the recent conversations I've had with RSC actors Teddy Spencer, Jerry Kernian, and Dominic Conti about their thoughts on Twelfth Night and the characters they've played. I'll also talk to my friend Cindy Gold, who's an actor here in Chicago and a professor of acting at Northwestern University, about her thoughts. First up is Teddy Spencer, who I chatted with in our Pittsburgh Public Theater dressing room last July when we were there performing William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged. All right, so Teddy, as you know, I'm I'm going to be directing Twelfth Night this fall at yeah. Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. Um, I, I've I've never even seen it or oh, live. I mean, I've seen filmed versions of it, and I've not I've not directed it. I've, I've never been in it. You've been in it twice. Twice, yeah. I've played uh, I've played Malvolio quite a long time ago, and I played Orsino a couple years ago. So well, of course, you play Malvoliago. In Long Lachey. Yeah, kind of the more definitive version of the character. Yes. But yes well, the, of Malvoliago, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitive. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they, I, I love both of those characters. Well, what do I need to know about the play overall? You've you've been involved with two productions. It's a, t- it's a tough one, I feel like. Uh, it's the Hamlet of the comedies. Yes, because there's it's, so much going it's on. It's a comedy, but it's, it's there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of uh, meaty, dramatic things happening yeah. in the play. Um, uh, Orsino, I think, is a... It, it's a difficult character because um, from what I've seen it, it can a lot of the times be pretty dry. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those parts you need to try and find as much humor in as you can. Yeah. Um, because when you think about it, he's absolutely heartfelt in every sense, but it's also kind of ridiculous. Like his, you yeah. know, this obsession he, that he has over this woman. Yeah. Th- this boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, and oh, and, oh, and Olivia. And yes, Olivia. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. This yeah. that it, it's you know he doesn't take no for an answer and he just yeah. keeps going at you know absolutely. Well, so. and I always feel like of the of the productions I've seen, I never feel like there's a romantic triangle there. Yeah. You know, he loves Olivia. Olivia loves uh, Viola. Justice Cesario, yeah. Viola loves Orsino, you know? So, but I've never seen a production where all three sides of this triangle were equal. Mm. And and some of that's Shakespeare's fault, because yeah. as you say, Orsino's very dry. So I think you have to have an actor of a lot of, you know, charisma. Yeah. Well, and it's... Uh, y- y- you don't have any action, interactions between uh, Orsino and uh, Olivia, Olivia until the end. Yeah. So that's just a relationship, or not a relationship, a uh, 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 adoration that you hear about, but you never get to see it until the very end, and it's you know it totally gets 
squelch right away. Well, right? I'm glad you say that because I am definitely going to stage a thing in the beginning, combine a few of the scenes, not change the text mm -hmm. or the order of the text, but just create a scenario in which you see the people that we're talking about. A, a dumb show kind a of. Dumb thing. show. Kind yeah, of. Uh, actually, the the production I that I worked on, uh, the one that I played Orsino in, we had that at the beginning of our show, and you so you got to see Orsino be rejected by Olivia in this kind of pantomime thing at the beginning of the show. Oh, very cool. That helps so much. Yeah. So when he starts talking about Olivia, the audience knows who he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's not this abstract figure. Yeah. Um, and so how did you, so then you played in Malvolio. Yes. How was that? Because that can skew the tone of the play as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a, story-wise, that's a hard, that's probably the hardest part to deal with from a, a modern sensibility because of how he's treated. And then, because it, the last time, the time I worked on it when I played Orsino, uh, we were touring the show around a lot and so like all different age groups were getting to see it and we would do some school performances yeah. so it, it was important to address kind of the bullying nature yeah. of what happens to Malvolio I mean Malvolio is a total jerk right but the way they get back at him and kind of the extreme that that goes to it, there's a certain point where that where their revenge on Malvolio you could say that it's gone too far right and the punishment does not fit the crime yeah exactly yeah, so yeah. uh that's you know and i think back in shakespeare's time that probably was not a a concern at all, you and know? not because he was a Puritan figure, and yes. everybody hated the Puritans. Yeah, you just yeah, you wanted to see him get yeah. tortured and yeah. and ridiculed as much as possible. So, did you play him as a bad? I mean, was he the villain in your production? You obviously you never play him as a bad guy, but you yeah, know. I mean, I I, uh, I I get if there is a villain, he is the villain, but he he never really poses. Uh, uh, Plot-wise, he doesn't really pose a threat very much. I mean, he comes in at the party and says, like, I'm going to tell on you, you yeah. know. Uh, she will know. But, uh, yeah, it's more – he always seems like – I don't feel like anyone ever takes him that seriously, you know. Yes. Like, yeah, and I, uh, it's interesting to think about that. Well, who is the villain of the play? You right. know, I guess it would be him, but he's – Well, I guess I only, I get, uh, only in the sense that – Going back to playwright and author's intent, yeah? yeah. So 400 years ago, he was a Puritan. He was a villain. Yeah. So what? What? What gives? What is the equivalent now, yeah. 400 years later, to make the play work in the way that Shakespeare intends it for it yeah, to work? Yeah. What is yeah. the Puritan equivalent? Uh, yeah. You know, evangelical or yeah. Yeah, what, maybe. Yeah. I mean, one idea I have is that I think Malvolio is not just Olivia's servant. He's kind of controlling her as well. Oh, there's. I mean, uh, whenever I hear people talk about the player uh, you know i've talked about the play there's always that thing where you know is he does he love olivia you know yes. does he have some what well, clearly he does because he's suckered in so easily by the letter yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. well yes yeah so there's there's something in the back of his mind that always exists there's a what if there's yeah. a fantasy that yeah. he has absolutely yeah so, yeah uh, this is really helpful man thank you yeah absolutely uh, you know i'm glad i'm glad i can uh, chat about it Next up is the rest of my conversation with Jerry Kernian, who was giving me spectacular insight into the character of Sir Toby Belch. He is a drunk. Really? And I, I know that you probably won't draw this conclusion, but I'm going to draw it for you, which is why his name is Sir Toby Belch. Oh, 
Oh my God, it's all becoming clear. Belts, he burns because he drinks. I see, right. right. So you played him twice. I have. How did, what, were they uncut versions? Were they abridged no. versions? 12th night? Yeah. If you do it uncut, you might as well ask everybody to bring a cot. Yeah. No, no, it was absolutely cut, but still very, uh, cut very sharply both times, actually. Okay. And, uh, and his stuff, you don't, you don't want to really cut his stuff too much. Well, a few things. Yeah. But mostly you want to keep because that is the levity of the play. Well, the relationship. Well, he's got two. He's got two great relationships. One with Mariah, Mariah. and one with Sir Andrew. Right. And and in the Mariah relationship, who's got the crush on who? Is, is it him on her, or her on him, or or is it mutual? Well, again, you're asking the actor here. So I know. As the actor who's played him, yeah. Mariah's got the crush on on him. Okay. But if you if I'm if you're asking me dramaturgically yeah. I would say he needs her yeah he needs her very much because she writes she writes his ship yes when it's not when it's often wrong right and uh, and same with Sir Andrew you know it would it, you you would assume that the status goes to Toby yeah. and I think truly it does in most of the lines however he needs Sir Andrew yeah. to make him whole right and so it feels like there's a comedy act a comedy double act uh, energy between the two of them. Is that something that you explored in your production? We did. Actually, one of those shows I did was actually Vaudevillian in, in Scope. Okay. And we did it. it is Sir Andrew and Sir Toby were kind of the vaudeville portion of that show. So was there a Laurel and Hardy kind of energy? A lot of a lot of physical, uh, lotsy, and, and we we took a lot of those lines and, and cut them so that they're very sharp-paced yeah. and back and forth. Yeah. Uh, Especially in, uh, if I'm correct in remembering the the, uh, the kitchen scene where they sneak into the kitchen, yeah. that kind of stuff really make it. You know, it was very baba da baba. It was very set up, set up punch. Yeah, good. And uh, and it worked great. That's great. And using Shakespeare's text, although slightly abridged. Yes, abridged is what makes it work. Well, and I, that I think that might be why I was hired because of my skill with abridgement. Yeah, you have to cut that show. What about what about the moment? Where Sir Toby turns on Sir Andrew at the end. Did you keep that moment? Yes, I did. And it's funny. One one show, one iteration. I played it very seriously, as if as if he was. I was absolutely serious about him letting me down. And in the other, I played it very sarcastically, as if if you do this, you are hurting me forever, and I'm going to be I'm going to be crushed. And it worked both times. And I don't know why. I can't answer that for you. But it did work both times, and the two very different takes on it. Would you would, would you play Toby again if you had a chance? Oh, I'm I'm hoping to. Really? Same with Falstaff. I mean, I've played Falstaff now once, but I, I can't wait to do it again. So Toby's one of those roles. The Dromeos I've played twice now. I saw one. And I and I want to do that again. I mean, there's there's a certain clown roles that you want to do again because as an actor you've learned more. As a person you have experienced more. So it informs the role much more than when I did it when I was 35. <laughs> so two years ago. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian Isaac Phillips, Producing Artistic Director at the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. 
Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2018-2019 tour of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged, the ultimate Christmas show abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged revised continues this week in Pasadena, California. I wish I could be there, but I'll be in Cincinnati. And then we'll continue on to 24 more cities in 18 different states featuring 11 different actors and three different stage managers. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for a specific box office venue and ticket information. So now I'm talking to Cindy Gold, a wily veteran of the Chicago theater scene and a vaunted Shakespearean who has directed Twelfth Night once and played Mariah three times and is also a fellow graduate of Boston University. Yeah, go be you. Go Terriers. Terriers, right. What do I need to be careful of with Twelfth Night? I love Orsino when he's a doofus. Uh, but I think he has to, f there has to be something about him that's attractive. Yes. If he's a total yutz, it, the play doesn't work at all. No, he's got to be appealing. And, yeah. and you've, he's one third of the, he's one side of a romantic triangle, and you've got to be rooting for Viola and Orsino since they end up together. Yeah, it's never quite made sense to me <laughs> why that smart woman would go for that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, one t the time I directed it, I had the play begin with him um, fencing mm. really well. He was, he was shirtless and mm -hmm. well-oiled. <laughs> <laughs> did you have? Did you oil him yourself, or did you have minions? <laughs> Probably the first time, and then I let people do. Uh, but I, it was, it, and he was excellent at it. He was a real swashbuckler, and he was really athletic. And um, you know, and then he would pull out a mirror and look at himself like, and great, great, enjoy great. his uh, muscularity. And so I was. The idea was that she was falling for a hunk, yeah. and felt. She had no one else in the world, and she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And he would give her safety and some fun in bed, you know, was the idea. I guess. All very valuable things. <laughs> um, but, now, but now tell me about Mariah, because in many ways you could make the play about Mariah. You know, she drives it. She's really the engine of so much that goes on in sort of all the worlds a little bit. Um, does she have a crush on Sir Toby? Does he have a crush on her? What's the deal with Mariah? I think he, I mean, the three times that I played it, each time, each time actually, the Sir Toby was way older than me. Oh. That probably won't happen anymore, number one, because I'm not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> and number two, uh, because I'm getting up there too, it would be a, you know, someone on his deathbed playing <laughs> Sir Toby. But I mean, 20 to 30 years older than me. And so it, once or twice, I think I did play that I really was into him. But I loved the time. I loved this time, this older, very funny guy. Um, it was clear that he had a crush on me and that I was in the same way uh, 
as a lot of the women in Shakespeare, finding someone to take care of me, even though I didn't need taken care of, but I didn't have any money in the world. Right. And he was a step up socially. Okay. Um, I think also um, Mariah sees in Toby a fellow conspirator, someone who was once great. She'd probably known him in his greatness. Um, and, you know, it's a real compliment. Um, but I could also see it done where she's, like, pushing him away. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. I like you only to play with you. You know, yeah, I, I can yeah. see it lots of ways. Um, yeah, so often with Shakespeare, he, 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 you know, the characters end up in relationships that you kind of go, huh? Yeah. And, and it was because... He originally did it with actors that the audience knew and the audience already had a relationship with. And so there's a lot of, particularly in the comedies, there's a lot of shorthand there. So we always have to kind of justify these characters in ways that make the endings make sense and not seem to come out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, Mariah disappears before the end of the play and there isn't a denouement in the script. There's yeah. certainly no wedding. Uh, I think once or twice, I Toby and I got married at the wedding at the end. There was a big dance, and we were a, a right. couple. Uh, there's some talk that uh, the ca the person that played Mariah the first time was also festy, um, and that's a very interesting thing to explore. Um, I've never explored it, but I would love, wouldn't it be fun to have a production where the same person was playing festy? Of course, it would make the scene where in the beginning where she says, where have you been? Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it would make festy kind of a, um, have a double, per a duo personality. But. Have you ever done a production where where um, Mariah was the third one in the box tree yeah. that took took over all of Fabian's lines? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I once or twice. Uh, Fabian again is a character that seems to come spring from nowhere and yeah. and go nowhere. So it can be done yeah. with Mariah saying Fabian's line, and I like it because I like that Mariah is part of that hysterical threesome. Um, I also think the whole. Th the, one of the traps of the play is Malvolio. He's such a bad guy. He's a Puritan and he's a, a nasty, finicky, um, uh, brown-nosing suck-up who people say deserves his comeuppance, but it's a bad one to be locked in a cage and, you know, it's a bad one. There are lots of lines you have to walk. He's got to be bad enough so the punishment doesn't seem to outweigh the crime, um, but not so bad as it becomes something other than a comedy. So it's a tricky line to walk. Again, in Shakespeare's day, you know, he was, Puritans were pains in the bottom and they're not as big of it well we have other pains in the bottom yeah, now yeah 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 no he he I, I can't envision the scene with him in the jail and Festy playing those different um, roles I can't envision it where it's too hysterical right. I mean yeah. un unless you deliberately make it I, I, Shakespeare really was enjoying picking at the Puritan, giving him his, his come up. I'll be revenged on. I mean, it has to justify uh, Malvolio's revenge, but it's pretty nasty. Yeah.
Now we are in the Foothills Brew Pub in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. After a, a just We're long do a shoutcast, a shoutcast, not a podcast, a shoutcast. We just did a very successful performance of William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play Abridged at Wake Forest University. We're having a celebratory beer here at Foothills, and I'm sitting with my old friend, our old Reduce Shakespeare Company colleague, Dominic Conti, who has played Sir Andrew several times in Twelfth Night. Yeah, twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah. And what what can you tell me that I need to know before I head down to direct it in Cincinnati? Oh. Dress Andrew up idiotically. Oh, that's interesting. A good start. All right, that's good to know. Dress Sir Andrew idiotically because that's his. That's Sir Andrew's function in the play. And, and let him, yeah, let let the audience know. You know, I mean, whether they know the show or not, and they know Shakespeare or not, here comes a dingus <laughs> right from when he enters. Well, and there's something really funny about the combination, the 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 the, 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 the um, comedy duo aspect of Sir Toby and Sir Andrew. Did, did you guys talk about that in in, in, in your rehearsals of either of the performances you did, productions you did? You know what? The first time I did Andrew, I was even a lot thinner than I am now, and my Toby was probably 300 plus pounds, a very, very fine actor. He's just a big guy. Yeah. And the contrast was just terrific. It, it, it was a, a walking sight gag, yeah, just the two of you. Can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? The, the, the second go around, uh, I mean, like, uh, I just, you know, uh, playing playing against and with Ron, he's just a really good actor, and I just, I think we work well together, but I don't know that it was like the crazy contrast. He's a black man, I'm a white man, but you know, other than that. Uh, other than that. Well, and there's a, it's an interesting relationship because Sir Toby wants Sir Andrew's money. Sir Andrew is uh, rich but brainless. That's right. Um, and, 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 and did you include the section where Sir Toby turns on Sir Andrew at, at the end of the play? We didn't really have that in the second go-around I did, and that's all right. I think it was a show for kids, and we just we were aiming the show, the, the direction of show in another way. Right. But And then it was kind of goofily done the first time it did it. It wasn't like, sometimes, I mean, I've heard Sir Andrew leaves the stage in tears or whatever. Like, yeah. we did not do that. He kept cuffing me in the head, and I kept going, ow, ow, ow. But, I mean, he did spaz on me a little, you yeah. know, and take it out on Andrew, so the moment was there. What, do you, what did you do with all the, the little moments where... Um, Sir Andrew is trying to dance. Did you have come up with funky, weird dance steps? I can see you doing that. First go around, I just I can do a really high kick, and I just kick my legs up, you know, <laughs> practically behind my head. Right. And That's the galliard. Uh huh. And the audience laughed at the dum dum. That's great. Yeah. And the second go around, we uh we tried a sort of uh, Barishnikov ballet thing, uh-huh. and the, the kids weren't feeling it because it's largely a TYA show. Right. And so then we just put in moves. Like we put in some dab moves and some uh, and uh, what's the the one that's like the uh, hit 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 the hit the kid or whatever like, yeah. like, like that kind of move yeah. I forget what it's called but like uh, we did that we dab we hit the kid and then he just uh, Ron followed me off stage dancing and the kids seemed to dig that. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. If you have any thoughts about Twelfth Night, please share them with me because rehearsals start tomorrow. 
Send me an email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast or general visual reduction on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company and more literate reduction on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Then go to cincyshakes.com to find out more information about my production of Twelfth Night, which runs from November 17th to December 8th, 2018. It's a great cast and it's going to be very funny. Thanks as always to Wiry Dingus Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Gabriella Baca. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Brian Isaac Phillips, producing artistic director of the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Tishner, 618, 1854ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. This is good. Sir Andrew is really the central character of Twelfth Night. He is to me. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.